G'day and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and Bible covenants. The writer to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14 and 15 How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. If we as Christian disciples are now under what the writer to Hebrews calls the new covenant, what were the old covenants that preceded it? And over the next two sessions, we shall look briefly at these old covenants and then finally the new covenant. So firstly the old covenants and the first covenant that we find is the Edenic covenant found in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 and this was the very first covenant between God and man or humanity. Adam is commanded in the Edenic covenant to populate the earth Genesis 1 verse 28 subjugate the earth Genesis 1.28 and then exercise dominion over animals and then Adam is also to tend and enjoy the fruits of the Garden of Eden Genesis 1.29 and Genesis 2.15 yet he was also to refrain from eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Genesis 2.16-17 under punishment of death and when Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that this covenant was then terminated and the consequence was that their spiritual and physical deaths were enacted this failure required God then to make a new covenant with Adam and this is appropriately called the Adamic covenant Genesis 3 verses 14 to 21 and this second covenant between God and humanity is also entitled the covenant with all of mankind and it lays down the terms and conditions which hold until sin's curse is finally lifted Isaiah 11 verse 6 to 10 Romans 8 verse 8 to 10 to 23 and because of Adam's sin we as humans are all born under the curse of sin in what is termed original sin and the terms and conditions of this covenant include Satan is judged although he will enjoy limited and temporal success Genesis 3.15 but ultimately he will be judged and condemned this is also the first messianic prophecy Genesis 3.15 for women childbirth now involves pain and the woman is made subject to her husband Genesis 3 verse 16 the ground itself is cursed and weeds will grow amongst man's food Genesis 3 17 to 19 physical changes occur and now people will sweat when they work all their life Genesis 3 19 and because of the sin and disobedience all people will die spiritually and inevitably physically Genesis 3.19
And then comes the Noahic covenant of Genesis 9 verse 1 to 19. And this is the third covenant between God and man and was given after the flood had wiped out the majority of earth's population apart of course from Noah and his family. And the terms of this covenant are Genesis 9 verse 1 tells us that to populate the earth is reaffirmed. Genesis 9 verse 2 the animals being subjected under humanity is reaffirmed. Genesis 9 verse 3 to 4 humans are now allowed to eat animal flesh but are to refrain from drinking and eating the blood. Genesis 9 verse 5 and 6 human life is sanctity is now established. And in Genesis 9 verse 11 God promises never to destroy the earth again by flood. But as 2 Peter 3 verse 10 tells us, God will destroy it by fire. And the rainbow is given as a symbol of this covenant and its existence. Genesis 9 verse 12 to 17. And then for the final section of this part, Genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 gives what is called the Abrahamic covenant given to Abraham and whilst the Edenic, Adamic and Noahic covenants were universal covenants this fourth covenant is the first covenant which is theocratic or relates to the rule of God it is dependent on God alone who by means of grace in the eye wills to bestow promised blessings and this Abrahamic covenant is also the basis for the theoretic, theocratic covenants which follow and provide blessings on three levels. On the national level, I will make you into a great nation, Genesis 12 verse 2. On a personal level, I will make your name great and you Abraham will be a blessing, Genesis 12 verse 2. And then finally on a universal level, all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 12 verse 3 and initially this covenant was in broad outline in these verses in these three verses but God later confirms it to Abraham in greater depth Genesis 13 14 to 17 7 and Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 to 7 18 to 21 and Genesis 17 verses 1 to 8 and this Abrahamic covenant is a link to all of God's activities and programs throughout history until the end of time when Jesus returns in order to gather his people to himself and the personal aspects of this covenant particular to Abraham are that he will be a father of a great nation Genesis 12.1 he will receive personal blessing Genesis 12.2 he will receive personal honour and reputation Genesis 12 verse 2 and that he will be a source of blessing to others Genesis 12 verse 3 and the aspects of this Abrahamic covenant pertinent universally are blessings on those who bless Abraham and the nation of Israel which comes from him Genesis 12 verse 3 curses upon those who curse Abraham and Israel Genesis 12 verse 3 and blessings on all the earth through God's coming Messiah who is Abraham's son and brings universal salvation 
to all those who will accept it. Genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 and Galatians verses 3 verse 8. The Adamic, Noahic and Abrahamic covenants all look forward to the coming of the Messiah as do the Mosaic and Davidic covenants. All of history points to his coming. This was all part of Paul's reasoning from scripture with the Jews he came into contact with. Of course for Paul, as for us, the promised Messiah was and is Jesus Christ. For more to think about, please do read 2 Corinthians 3. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. As a Christian disciple, how do the Old Testament covenants fit together and apply to me? Question 2. As a Christian disciple, how does God make me competent and for what purpose? And finally, question 3. As a Christian disciple, what effect does the ministry of the Holy Spirit have on me and for what purpose? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk. Thank you, and God bless you.